How many of y'all have ever <clears throat> ever uh, say you finance something and or you borrowed money from somebody or whatever and you paid it off and then you get this little letter in the mail that says paid in full? Ain't that a good feeling? Have you ever had that before? How, look at the beforehand though. How does it feel when month to month you, you make this payment and you know I've got a month before they're going to bother me again? See, it's not the same, is it? You feel good for a little bit, but then when the end of the month starts drawing near, when the time comes, you know i got to pay them again. And if I don't, what's going to happen? They're going to want their money. They're going to come calling. They're going to come looking. Whatever it is, they're going to want what they are owed. Well, the title of the message this morning is Paid in Full. God began to speak to me last night and I just I believe it's it's pertinent. It's there's a a reason we need to be reminded of what Jesus did. You know, he didn't pay our bill for a month. He didn't pay it for a year at a time. You know, some people pay their car insurance one time a year and they, they're covered the whole year. But that end of the year is gonna come and they're gonna expect some more money, ain't they? if they're going to continue to provide a service to you. That's not how He did it. He paid it in full. So let's let's look at His Word today and we'll go from there. Romans chapter 8 and verse 3. Is everybody warm enough now? Thank God. I think my feet finally got warm. Everything else has been warm, but my feet were lagging behind. Romans chapter 8 and verse 3. <clears throat> Actually, I'll tell you what. I may do a little bit of extra reading today, but I, I want you all to get the full effect. Let's back up to verse 1. I don't want to sell God short today. Romans chapter 8. And you look, as y'all hear this word, y'all need to be rejoicing. Because there ain't nothing but goodness here. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. How many of y'all have weak flesh? God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, the likeness of not just exactly the same, it just appeared the same on the outside, in the likeness of sinful flesh and far sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 
For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Y'all, let me break this down real easily. I want you to understand every, every part of that verse. You see, God sent Jesus, His Son. And let, let's just make it real easy. I don't want to complicate things with trying to understand that Jesus is God. Let's just say God came in flesh. He was at one time 100% God and 100% man. Now, that that's doesn't, doesn't make sense in my feeble mind, okay? But that's what happened. He was God. He came in, He looked just like a normal person. He was normal in every aspect except for the fact that there was no sin found in Him. The Word tells us that, that He... Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I've lost my... Anyway, He... Um, that's terrible. I'm only 36. I'm 35. How old am I? <laughs> Who are y'all? <laughs> it says that we have not a high priest that cannot be uh, touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted just like we are. Right? We don't have somebody that doesn't understand our plight. We don't have a high priest, a God that we can turn to that doesn't know what we're going through because when He was here, He went through all of it. But praise God, He in no point in His temptation succumbed to the temptation and fell to sin. He was perfect in every way. He, and because of that, see, I had a kind of a discussion with someone on the internet this past week. And the guy said that, I just don't believe. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But I don't believe in a perfect Savior. I said, why? Why do you want to waste your time believing in God and Jesus if you ain't going to believe He's better than you are? Why do you want to believe that, that Jesus came on this earth and sinned? How does that benefit you? Of course, He didn't have an answer. You see, I don't want to believe in somebody that's just like me. I can do that on my own, right? I can, I can live a quote-unquote good life without any of His help. Right? In the, in the world's eye. See, I need somebody better than I am. I need somebody that is not, maybe He came in flesh, but He was not bound to the flesh. You understand what I mean? You see, when He came, He set us free. He set us at liberty, those that were bound in the flesh. Now we are free. We have no more obligation to the flesh and our sinful nature. Because we are now alive in the Spirit. Thank God that He did that. Thank God that we're free. Thank God that He overcame the world. Be of good cheer. Remember that? For I have overcome the world. Turn to Hebrews chapter 9. <clears throat> now y'all may... 
And he's sitting there thinking, yeah, I've heard all this before. That's why I'm here in church today. Because I'm a Christian. I don't really need to hear a salvation message now. But I'm here to tell you all today, it ain't always about you. And it sure don't hurt for you to hear it again. It sure doesn't hurt for you to be reminded of the price that Jesus paid. And, you know, what you couldn't pay on your own. Hebrews chapter 9. I'm going to start in verse 6. Like I said, i got a little bit of reading to do today. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle. Now, what are these things? Let's back up a little bit. What he's talking about in the first part of Hebrews 9 here is, is the ordinances that they had for sacrifice. The way that they found remission of their sins was through the ceremonies that God had passed down to them. And you know they would sacrifice these animals. And the shed blood was, was to atone for their sins. So verse 6, that's what he's talking about. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances. See, this stuff was just... It was just all normal things that they used, right? Now, they did set aside these things for God's use. But this was just worldly stuff. Imposed on them until the time of Reformation. But Christ, becoming high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. You know what that means to me? That means I don't have to worry anymore about what what have I seen tomorrow? How am I going to feel? How am I going to react? Is God going to forgive me? You see, that Scripture right there tells me it's eternal redemption. It's eternal salvation. Everything I've ever done and going to do, Jesus paid it in full. Now what we need to do as Christians today is get that in our spirit so deep that it becomes a foundation that we stand on. We need to remember people. We need to remember what it is that He did, who He did it for, He did it for us. He set us above. He put us up on this foundation that He established so that we don't have to walk around in defeat, wondering, wondering about where we're going to be. We have security. We have blessed peace, knowing that, that God 
provided an eternal way for us to see Him. I don't have to worry about getting saved again tomorrow. I don't have to worry about Jesus paying the price again. Y'all ever watch TV and see one of these movies where there's like a long shark or or the mafia or something somebody borrows money from? Well, y'all have all seen it on TV. You know that most of these people just have no way to ever get out from under them. Because they just keep tacking on money that they owe. They keep accruing interest that's just in an astronomical number and rate that nobody can ever pay back. And you know, say you borrow $10,000, and a week later you go and give them the $10,000, and they say, well, that's nice, but you owe us more than $10,000 because there was interest. You say, man, that's all I got. Sorry about your luck. And you go back next week, it may be another $10,000. See, the price can just never, never really be fully paid. And sometimes in these TV shows, the only way out from underneath that is to have this person removed. Right? Somehow you just have to get away from them. You have to, you know... Let them sleep with the fishes, as they always say in these movies, you know. But see, when Jesus paid our price, y'all remember the last words He spoke? He said, it is finished. He might as well have said, paid in full. It's paid. It's covered. And I want you to remember and understand today, all of you, you old Christians, the old saints, I ain't talking about your age, I'm talking about you've been with Christ a while. Y'all remember now, when He paid the price, it wasn't just for what you had done. Because listen, most of us wasn't there then, right? I don't see anybody in here that old. He paid the price for everything to come. And everything that was behind. You see, it was was a full and total payment. You ever had somebody pay a bill for you? And you go and and you're going to try to settle up and they say, you don't owe us anything. Somebody already paid. What? Somebody's already paid. You see, there's a lot of Christians today that have forgot what I'm telling telling y'all right now. And they keep trying to somehow work this thing out. They want to be sure when they leave this life, they're going to heaven. Why are you wasting your time? It's paid in full. And every time they go to God, He's sitting there saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any record of that debt. I don't see anything on here, but all it says is paid in full. It is finished. You're done. Okay? So quit worrying about it, you old Christians, you, you saints that, that have been with God for so long. Quit worrying about what the next thing is going to be. And those of you young ones that just start now, I want you to understand that eternal security. I want you to know that you may have failed for the past year. You may have turned away from God and went a different direction. But I want you to know that your sin was covered. Your sin is washed away. It's been blotted out 
when God looks at the record book, He still sees you pure and holy. All you have to do is come back to Him and say, Father, forgive me. And He says, okay. Now what were we talking about? What were we talking about? Because I don't know. You see, we think about God as being all-knowing, right? And that's the truth. He is. Well, see, only, only somebody so great as God that's, that's all-knowing and all-powerful can choose to erase memory of something. See, He chooses to forget it. He chooses to wash it away. To never be remembered no more. You may remember... Satan remembers, and he's going to remind you of it, but God don't know what you're talking about. So don't beat yourself up. You see, that's what he wants to do. That's what Satan, he's trying to tear you down. He's trying to hinder you and slow you down and hang on to you so that you're not reaching your full potential. See, God has a plan for y'all. How many of y'all are bored with serving God? I don't expect truthful answers, y'all. But I'm telling y'all right now, there's somebody sitting here today that says, I'm just really kind of bored with Christianity. I'm just really kind of bored because, you know, I come to church and I don't really, I don't really feel much, you know. Yeah, I may do this or that for the church, but... I don't really get anything out of it. And it's just nothing really ever seems to change. See, I don't expect you to raise your hand because I wouldn't want to either. I wouldn't want to admit to everybody sitting here today that I'm bored with my God. But I guarantee you there's somebody sitting here today that's bored. You know why you're bored? See, it's real simple. It's real simple. It's because you're not trying to serve Him. It's because you really don't have any interest in in what God has done for you. You don't really fully comprehend, and I don't claim to fully comprehend, but you don't really have a taste of what it means to be close to God. You see, the closer I get, the more of a, a taste of it I get, the more of it I want. So I don't understand how somebody can say I'm bored with God. It's real hard for me to put myself in your shoes. Because every time I get in His presence, I just say, oh my goodness, I want to be there again. Every time I get a little taste of what it is to be in God's presence, I want more of that time with me, right? So it's hard for me to understand that. But I guarantee you, you're sitting here today and you're thinking... Yeah, but it's just kind of boring. So I want to tell you something. I want you to understand something right now. Jesus paid a price for you, and I'm a, you're probably thinking, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Jesus paid a price, though. If it wasn't for Him paying that price, where would you be right now? You may say, I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior. I just come to church because I was supposed to. But see, you don't have to stay that way. I want you to understand something. I, I've been watching something on the internet this week. 
And this is a show on TV too. I think it comes on TBN or Daystar or one of them. I don't have a satellite anymore, so I don't remember. But it's called The Way of the Master. Have y'all ever seen this show? The guy's name is Ray Comfort and Kurt Cameron. Most of y'all know, know him. What they do is they have this kind of little spiel. And, and they go and they meet people. And face to face they ask them these questions. And they say, do you consider yourself a good person? And what do most people say? Well, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. See, that's what they always qualify it with. Pretty good. Because see, down deep inside of everybody, everybody knows they're not really all that good. So what they do is they say, okay, you're a pretty good person. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Okay, they say, okay, well, let's, uh, let's see how good you are. And, you know, some of these people believe in God. Some of them don't. But what they say is, okay, we're going to examine how good you are based on the Ten Commandments. And they say, they usually just use two or three. Have you ever lied? And they say, oh yeah, you know, I've lied. And they say, okay, what does that make you? Well, it makes me a liar. It's pretty blunt, ain't it? Have you ever stolen anything? Oh, no, no, I understand. Not even the smallest piece of gum. You ever stolen anything? I haven't yet seen one that couldn't admit to having stolen one thing. And what does that make you? Well, it makes me a thief. Have you ever lusted in your heart after a woman? Or a man? And those, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm human. Everybody's doing that. And they say, well, see, the Bible says that if you've ever even lusted in your heart after somebody, you've already committed adultery with them. So what does that make you? It makes you an adulterer. See, by this time, the people are kind of catching on and they understand where they're going. And then they, sometimes they'll ask them another one, well, have you ever hated anybody? Well, yeah. See, the Bible says that if you've ever hated somebody, you might as well have killed them. It's the same as murder. So what does that make you? makes me a murderer. Holy Spirit begins working on them, see. They start to realize they're not good. And what they begin to show them, and see these, these guys stand there and tell them, look, I've done it too. I'm not holier than you. I'm not somehow better than you are. And these guys, look, I saw this guy, Kurt Cameron, standing there talking to some members of an L.A. gang, Latinos. And I mean, these guys were... And I, I couldn't believe how good of a job he did keeping these guys in order. The camera was back off for pretty good ways, zoomed in on him. So they didn't want to cause any problems. And do you know this gang member? He, now, he didn't accept Jesus right there, but you could see a change on him. You could see God begin to work in his heart. And he said, man, I appreciate you doing this. He said, nobody's ever talked to me like that. Nobody's ever showed me. And you know, what I begin to realize is that it's not just the sinners of this world that aren't in the church today that need to hear that. It's the Christians that need to be reminded that you are a sinner. You are not good. There is no good but one, the Father in heaven. Isn't that what Jesus said? There is none good. 
based on that law that was given to us. That law was good. That law was perfect. We can't live up to that. Thank God we don't have to. We don't have to. You see, there was another way you could get to heaven. Did y'all know that? Did you know there was another way besides Jesus? The only other way was to live a perfect life. Was to meet that law at every point. You know what the Word says? If you, if you miss one little point, you're guilty of all of it. What? You know what my kids will say? Well, that ain't fair. That ain't fair. I didn't do that. All I did was this. All I did was steal a little piece of bubble gum. You might as well have shot somebody in the head. Right? But man, God, y'all, this gets me excited thinking about it when I begin to think about not just what Jesus did, but the price that was paid for me. The price that He paid for me that covered my sins. It was sufficient not only for what I had done in the past, but for everything I might do in the future. It covered it all. Washed it all away. I don't know about y'all, but when I was over here last night and God began to pour that into my heart, I wanted to go call somebody on the phone. I wanted to share with them And remind them who Jesus was to me. Who He should be to them. You see, you may call yourself a Christian. You may be sitting in this church today. You may even serve in some capacity in this church. But I'm here to tell you today that if you're not living a victorious life, it's not God's fault because He provided the way. He's already done everything He needed to do. So if you're bored with serving God, it ain't His fault. You see, the Word says, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. If it feels like God's at a distance, it's not because He left you. It's because you've walked away from Him. I heard another guy say this week on the radio... You know, we've all heard that Scripture. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Don't lay them up on earth, and I'm just putting it in Kevin's words, where moth and rust can corrupt it. But put your treasures in heaven where nobody can touch it, right? Well, he gave me a little different spin on that Scripture. and It's one of those things, when you hear it, it's just obvious then. I never, never thought of it this way. But have you ever heard of a Christian that said they were afraid of dying? We all have. See, there's really, I can think of two reasons for that. Number one, you don't understand what's waiting for you. Number two, your treasure is here. Because what this guy said is that a lot of these Christians that have their treasure on earth, as they draw, draw closer to the time for them to leave this earth, they realize they're getting further from their treasure. And at some point, they're going to leave it. But those of us that understand that our treasure's in heaven, and this stuff here is just, it's just stuff. You see, when I get closer to that time for me to leave this earth... I'm getting further from this stuff, but I'm getting closer to my real treasure in heaven. 
And I began to think about that and I said, you know what? That is the problem with most Christians today. They have examined their lives and they count what they have right now as their treasure. I hate to quote movies, but there was this movie. Actually, I guess I do like to, but <laughs> I guess I shouldn't do it as much. But I like, I like movies, okay? There was this movie, and the name of it was Heat. And this guy said, you have to be willing to drop everything. He was a criminal. When you feel the heat coming around the corner. And he, what he was talking about is, don't get so comfortable in your current, what you call life, because of the crimes you've committed at any moment, somebody may be coming after you and you have to be willing to just drop it just like that and leave. You know, that's a pretty profound statement for Christians, ain't it? You see, I need to have the kind of mentality that at any moment in time, God may require something of me. And y'all listen. Wouldn't be the first time God said, Hey, why don't you give him your car? How many of us would do that? How many of y'all sitting here today, if God said, Give your car to that guy over there? I didn't say let him take up the payments. I said, Give it to him. You know, God's done that before. How many of you be willing to do that? I don't know, man. I think I would before it was over with. I think God would have to work on me some. I think God would have to make Himself known, right? I'd make sure that, because it's God talking. But see my point? How, How close do we hang on to that stuff? See, Jesus paid the price for our sins. We owe Him everything. We owe everything to Him. This is not my treasure here. And you know, if I had to give it up, this life is but a vapor. It's just a vapor. My real treasure is coming. And when I obey God, and I, to that extent especially, that seems extreme to me, to somebody else, it may be like, nothing to give a car away. See, we have to remember who our provider is. We have to remember He's our source. If He's going to want us to give up something, it's either because He's got something better or because we need a lesson. Amen. 